I'm just going to warn you from the start of the show here, it's one of those days we've already got another pot of coffee brewing because we're going to need it here on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. It's 7 a.m. on this Friday, September 1st, the first Friday of the month. I'm Adam Wright. It's Roadmap Roundup Friday as well. So let's get started with prayer, and then we've got a, a whole bevy of topics for you today. Let's pray not only our morning offering, but we'll pray our first Friday prayer as well. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Most sweet Jesus, whose overflowing charity for men is requited by so much forgetfulness, negligence, and contempt, behold us prostrate before you, eager to repair by a special act of homage the cruel indifference and injuries to which your loving heart is everywhere subject. Mindful, alas, that we ourselves have had a share in such great indignities which we now deplore from the depths of our hearts, we humbly ask your pardon and declare our readiness to atone by voluntary expiation not only for our own personal offenses, but also for the sins of those who strain far from the path of salvation, refuse in their obstinate infidelity to follow you, their shepherd and leader, or, renouncing the promises of their baptism, have cast off the sweet yoke of your law. We are now resolved to expiate each and every deplorable outrage committed against you. We are now determined to make amends for the manifold offenses against Christian modesty and unbecoming dress and behavior, for all the foul seductions laid to ensnare the feet of the innocent, for the frequent violations of Sundays and holy days, and the shocking blasphemies uttered against you and your saints. We wish also to make amends for the insults to which your vicar on earth and your priests are subjected, for the profanation by conscious neglect or terrible acts of sacrilege of the very sacrament of your divine love, and lastly, for the public crimes of nations who resist the rights and teaching authority of the church which you have founded. Would that we were able to wash away such abominations with our blood, we now offer in reparation for these violations of your divine honor, the satisfaction you once made to your eternal Father on the cross, and which you continue to renew daily on our altars. We offer it in union with the acts of atonement of your Virgin Mother and all the saints and of the pious faithful on earth. And we sincerely promise to make recompense as far as we can with the help of your grace, for all neglect of your great love, and for the sins we and others have committed in the past. Henceforth we will live a life of unswerving faith, of purity of conduct, of perfect observance of the precepts of the gospel, and especially that of charity. We promise to the best of our power to prevent others from offending you and to bring as many as possible to follow you. O loving Jesus, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mother, our model in reparation, deign to receive the voluntary offering we make of this act of expiation. And by the crowning gift of perseverance, keep us faithful unto death in our duty and the allegiance we owe to you, so that we may all one day come to that happy home where with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign, God forever and ever. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, there you have it. Those of you who have already been to Mass this morning and are listening to Roadmap to Heaven on your way home, you just made your first Friday prayers. And if you went to Mass and received our Lord in Holy Communion, you have completed your devotion for this first Friday. And a reminder, we're called to do this for nine consecutive first Fridays. Tomorrow is also first Saturday. So as I've been saying all week, 
Go make a, make a good confession, go to Mass, receive our Lord in Holy Communion, pray the Rosary, and meditate for at least 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the Rosary. Now, you can spread that out over the day, or you can do it all at once, but you have to do it tomorrow, and we do that for five consecutive first Saturdays. Being the first Friday of the month, it is Roadmap Roundup Friday, and here in studio, uh, I, am I the only one that didn't have to cross a river today? Cro- crossing the Merrimack River yeah. from Fenton, Missouri is Tim Lucchese. Tim, good morning. Good morning. I got to tell you, I made sure, because I usually don't get up before my wife, and this morning I made sure that she would wake up with a smile on her face. I don't think I'm going to be allowed to have Sharpies in the house anymore. So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> And then crossing the uh, Missouri River from St. Charles with a smile on her face that's not drawn with a sharpie. I'm one cup of coffee in, Adam. Corey Grizzle. (laughs) I made you make another pot steak. I'm like, it's a two cup day, babe. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to, it's a back to school edition of the Roadmap Roundup today. So we are going to be talking about our role as the first formators of our children, the first educators. We're going to talk about how we form ourselves. We're going to talk about what's on our reading list. And, you know, who knows where else the discussion might go we do know this though next up we're going to go to mike roberts for our weather and our saint of the day we'll be back after this today is the feast day of saint giles born in france in the early to mid 7th century not much is known about him beyond legend however in the middle ages especially there was a great devotion to him and he was particularly popular in sweden and germany He became a priest and then helped establish a monastery that was a stopping point for pilgrims on their way to and from Santiago de Compostela, the way of St. James in Spain, and also the Crusades. Giles is one of the 14 holy helpers, which include St. Barbara, St. Christopher, and St. Blaise, called upon in times of grave danger and trouble. He is the patron saint of Edinburgh, Scotland, the disabled, and those with breast cancer. St. Giles, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. The Memorari to St. Joseph for the Sanctification of Families. Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who implored thy help and sought thy intercession was left unaided. Full of confidence in thy power, I fly unto thee and beg thy protection of families. Despise not, O guardian of the Redeemer, my humble prayer, but in thy bounty hear and answer me. Amen. So we were talking before the break about uh, how we keep ourselves formed so that we can help form our children. And, you know, I would say this applies universally. Whether you have children or not, we, we all have that duty to be knowledgeable in our faith. We don't have to be experts. We don't have to be apologists or catechists, but we should, you know, endeavor to learn more about our faith and about our Lord each and every day. Now, for the busy person, though, the hard question on this is when can you find the time and where do you take the time? So, uh, you know, for me, a lot of time in the kitchen, I like to put on something to help me learn uh if it's lunchtime it's pretty easy i've got some stuff from the station here that Mm -hmm. i listen to during those meal breaks but in the evening that's also a good time to uh to catch up on a talk or an audio book to learn more about my faith but my reading i like to do actually first thing in the morning uh when i when i come into the office here i always try to read just a little something before i go on air to help me grow in my faith. But Corey, where do you find that time? 
So I had to laugh. A, <clears throat> excuse me. I had to laugh a little when you said in the kitchen, because I often try to do that as well. I'm like, oh, it's nice and quiet here. The kids are doing something. It's fine. And I start to do that. And then they all come in. And I have to turn it off. I'm like 10 minutes in, all interested. And I have to turn it off and you know do whatever they do and, and help them whatever they need help with. So the best I've ever done is, and, and I have to carve it out. So that's where I learn. I just can't find the time throughout the, the day because I won't be able to actually have an entire hour to listen to a podcast or to do some type of, of, of um, study. But I, if I can go somewhere. So <clears throat> I'm blessed where I live. I have walking distance. I'm directly in between a um, coffee shop and church. And so I and my church has 24 hour adoration, although it's not exposition, it's still adoration. So they're always it, the chapel is always open. So I can either go quietly and um, put my ear, earpods in into um, a uh, into a coffee shop or into uh, the church and sit there quietly and read or study or listen to a podcast or whatever. Um, so it gives me the walking time. It gives me time quietly to do those things. But I have to I have to carve it in. Tim, you sent uh, either you or your wife sent me a text the other day with it was your wife that sent it of uh, you doing flashcards with the children at the oh. table getting, oh, yeah. getting ready for lunch. I think. Who knows? Who knows what we were doing at that moment? Um, yeah, that was just a, a rapid fire homeschool squeezing it in between anything else. Well, ah, we got to do our mass flashcards so they can learn about all the things at mass. We had you know five minutes, so it's like ah, do this and then. The one-year-old, ah, it's that. And I'm like, yes, it is. That is a patent. Good job. And, but th- something I've learned is uh, philosopher Peter Kraft has written about four billion books. And I might be rounding down there. But he was once asked that how did he write any books when he and his wife were raising young kids? And his answer was 10 minutes at a time. And I have taken that very much to heart in that I think it is, I agree with Corey, it's really important to try to set aside some time because we need to give God our, our first minutes of the day, our first, okay, this is what I'm building my day around. But things happen a lot and disrupt those things. So sometimes you go, oh, okay, well, I'm doing this for 10 minutes and I'm mowing the lawn with my noise-canceling headphones on and then my kid is like, I'm stuck upside down on the top of the swing set and I'm like, okay, I got to go deal with that. So 10 minutes at a time, that's how I find time to grow in my faith in terms of learning and all that sort of stuff. I love what you both have said here, though, that it's not about finding the time. It's about making the time and being very intentional in that. And, and Tim, you're, you're right on the head with that. The first 10 minutes of the day, give that to God. And that might mean that you have to make a sacrifice and set the alarm clock a little bit earlier, you know, in, 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 in such a way that maybe you don't wake your spouse up so that you can get up, give God the first 10 minutes, go brew that pot of coffee and, and bring a cup if your spouse is a coffee drinker. Uh, but or, or you might have to sacrifice, oh, that time I was going to spend just relaxing later on or whatever it may be. Say, no, I'm, I'm going to find 10 minute chunks throughout the day. Yeah, and keep looking. Keep your eyes open throughout the day for where is there a moment that I can take here? Because if, if you don't keep your eyes open, those moments just disappear on you. I want to thank a, a fellow Sarah Club member who gave me a book recently, and he said, Adam, here's how you use this book. It's a nice little devotional book. It's got an entry for every day. They're brief. They're about a page in length. And he said, at dinner time, just read a page. 
with the family, whether it's before dinner or after dinner, that's another great time to make some time for formation. I, I knew some priests that were in an oratory of St. Philip Neri, and every night before dinner, they would all stand around the dining room table, and they'd have the life of St. Philip Neri, the biography, and they would read about a page, a page and a half until they got to a good stopping point. They'd put the bookmark in, set the book down, do their meal prayer, have a wonderful dinner with great conversation, but that was their routine. Every night, they were going to learn about their patron saint. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and that really is the best way to do those things, just to do it in little chunks here and there. Um, and, and teaching moments. Like, I mean, you and I homeschool, and, and we find those little teaching moments all the time. Um, and, and just trying to, and you know, just for us, because we try and find those teaching moments for the kids. Mm-hmm. But for us, you know, can I just listen to a little bit of this podcast? Can I just read a page of this book can i just get that little bit out you know so the those are carving the time has been most important to me for sure because i'm not a very organized person so i force myself to write schedules and write lists and check things off um and so that making that has always been a priority in my head like I need this 10 minutes. I will tell you this, as, as the person at the table here who does school pickup, yeah, uh, that, 15, that 15 minutes in the car before 3 o'clock, I have to be on the lot pretty much 2.45 or I'm not going to get on the lot, right? Yeah. Yeah, but the kids don't get out till 3.10. So that time at 2.45 to about 3 o'clock is perfect to catch. I, I listen to the end of Open Line whatever day of the week. Sure. Yesterday was great. Father Brian Milady was on a roll with some of the calls he was getting, and it was absolutely fantastic. But a lot of the times I'll find myself saying, huh, I didn't know that. And then 3 o'clock, because it's not just about studying the faith in an academic sense, but it's about relationship with our Lord, and it's about growing deeper with Him. It's such a great time. If you're sitting in your car waiting to pick your kids up from school at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you have a little chapel right there. It might be the Chrysler Chapel or the Ford Chapel, but it's a chapel where you can pray the Chaplet of Divine Mercy while you're waiting for your kids to uh, come out of school. And here's here's a little challenge for you before we go to the break. Maybe invite, if you're at a Catholic school, some of the other parents you see every day. Hey, do you want to pray the chaplet with me? Maybe on, on Tuesdays we're going to pray the chaplet together here on the parking lot. Not every day. We'll have our conversation the other days. But on Tuesdays, we're going to do this. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Here's Mary-Kate Westrich with I Need You, Lord. Daily Offering God the Father, I thank Thee for creating me. God the Son, I thank Thee for redeeming me. God the Holy Spirit, I thank Thee for sanctifying me. Infuse into my thoughts, words, and actions Thy grace so that they may be supernaturally pleasing to thee and supernaturally rewarding to me forever. O blessed Trinity, abundantly assist me in becoming that which thou intended me to become when thou created me. For in thy perfection I will give thee the glory thou desirest of me, and in that perfection I will find my greatest joy in heaven. Amen. I forget which day it was earlier this week, but if you were listening to the show I shared with you, we have a a new name for our dining room table when we're all gathered at dinner time. It's the Wright Institute for Theological Discourse. Um, it's been a fantastic thing, especially as the older kids have gotten into those middle school years where they are going a, a lot deeper and they have that capacity to go deeper in their knowledge and understanding. Um, now, I am not the professor. I'm just the moderator. 
Much like, much as I am this morning, you know, I'm not the teacher. I'm just, well, actually at home, I guess I am the first teacher. I, I made that promise at their baptisms, but uh, it's a great forum for them to ask questions, and I love it because it makes me think, and sometimes it makes me go do some research. Now, uh, you both have littles as well. I have littles, and there's that one question that every little kid has asked. Who made God? You know, because who made this? Well, God made that. Who made that? God made that. Well, okay, but who made God? You know, any, any, I, I would say raise your hand, but we're on radio. Tim, you've had a recent experience with this. Yeah, well, a number of months ago, my six-year-old asked me, you know, who made God? And I'm thinking, okay, how do I take this unknowable philosophical concept and explain it to a then kindergartner? So I started lining up books on the table, and I would knock all the books over, and I'd say, okay, but what if that hand couldn't move, something else would have to push it. Okay, what if that thing couldn't move? Okay, what if that thing? Eventually, we get to a point where something has to be able to knock everything over without having been moved by anything else. And that's called the unmoved mover, which is straight out of Aquinas. And that is what God is. So then we get home from mass a number of weeks later, and my six-year-old asks me, Dad, who made God? And I look at her and I say, you tell me. And she, or and I'm sorry, well, how come no one made God? I look at her and say, well, you tell me. And she said, because he's the unmoved mover. And I said, well, I'm done. I don't have to teach you anything else. My six-year-old just quoted Aquinas. So I think I'm good. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. When six-year-olds quote, quote Aquinas, we know the tables have been turned. Oh, oh I, <laughs> I heard her not too long ago reciting Luke's infancy narrative. And she actually, and then he she Mary gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no space in the guest room, which is what it says in the Greek. And I was like, okay, <laughs> kids, listen. Yeah, kids, yeah, listen. They do. They I, catch everything. I didn't know your oldest daughter had a proficiency in Greek. Corey, what about you? How, what are some of those questions your kids have asked you? And, and how do you handle those ones where you don't know the answer, especially? You know, a lot of times it ends up with, well, it's a mystery. Because the exact same thing happened to me. My five-year-old just turned to me in, in mass, I mean, in church one day. So, like, that's the best time to try to explain something like who made God, right, is trying to get ready for church or in church when it's all quiet. So I'm whispering in his ear and I'm telling him no one made God. He was always there. He was um, just He was just there. Like, sometimes, because sometimes really we can't find everything in books. I mean, even with the unmade mover thing, I think some of my kids would be like, but who made the unmade mover, an unmoved mover? Yeah. <laughs> but but what about that? Because there's sometimes there's just no explanation. There's no there's nothing that will satisfy other than, you know what, that's what our faith is for. So we get to a point where we can learn and we can learn and we can learn. And then we just have to accept okay. that we just don't understand in our terms and what we know. And so when I said, you know, he kept asking questions, it's just it's just a mystery. Because yeah. that's where we get to. It's just a mystery, and he just kind of, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so confused. <laughs> Usually, I, it's frustrated or confused or whatever. When I get to that point with my oldest, I, I just, I don't know. She goes, "I'll ask Mary when I get to heaven." There I go, you, you do. Go. There you have you it. Do that. Yep. Now, what's great though is as the kids get older, and, and Corey, you've got some experience with this as well. Um, I love sending them off to look for the information. You know, they, my son was asking me about saints. He's trying to. He's already started before school even started. He's been trying to narrow down a name for a confirmation saint. He had five different books of the lives of the saints spread out on the dining room table. 
table. I was so proud of him in that moment. But he's like, well, Dad, tell me uh, about this dragon St. George slew because, I mean, were there really dragons? I'm like, well, son, maybe uh, you should read some more about St. George and then come back and give me a report. And he did. And he came back and he was talking about how the, the dragon was symbolic of the demon, of the devil. And uh, much like St. Michael the Archangel, St. George is ready to go into battle. But I love that. I love being able to say, well, let's let's look it up together or to say, why don't you go look it up and report back to me? Because it's, it's teaching them from that young age, don't just leave these important questions unanswered, but go find the answers. And uh, much like my English teachers, who I very much underappreciated when I was in high school in my history teachers, it gives me the opportunity to teach my children how to find sound resources, mm-hmm. such as mm-hmm. the catechism or, uh, Tim, you you brought Dr. Peter Kreeft into the equation yeah. today, uh, Scott Hahn, uh, any, any number of great writers, but for them to know, okay, these are the places you go first. They already know when I want a snack, I go to the kitchen. When I want theological knowledge, even if they don't know it's called theological knowledge, I go here. Mm-hmm. So I am um, notorious for the phrase in my house is we live in the land of Google, use it. Because they come and ask me questions. So these are my teenagers. They'll come and ask me questions. I'm like, I really don't know. You're going to have to Google that. <laughs> come back with me with the answer because I, I need to know that. But I also stock my my house with the lives of the saints, with um, all the catechisms. I have St. Joseph. I have um, the new catechism and I have um, the older one. The Baltimore catechism? Well, I have the Baltimore catechism and then there's the the older one, someone's going to tell me the name of it now. It's slipped my mind completely. Oh, I need my second cup of coffee. But yeah, and the Catholic Encyclopedia. And I have just, my house is stocked with all sorts of books that I, you know, I display. And well, sometimes they get off the shelves and in piles somewhere. But I know in my brain exactly where they are. So it's one of those things that if it's, if the information is there, and good information. So when I say you live in the land of Google, like, then we have to discuss where did you get that information yep. and who wrote that and let's discuss that priest that wrote that because what else what other things are is he writing and do these align with the faith and um, you know so so those are kind of the things if if that were to happen and you know sometimes they do on on regular subjects and on on faith subjects too but but then yeah it's definitely a good format um, to say because they're just gonna they're gonna learn more about looking up things on the internet. I am not ashamed to admit that a few weeks ago, as we were preparing for the solemnity of the Assumption of Mary, it was actually the vigil, which is a very important day in our household because it's also the anniversary of Beth and I's first date. So mm-hmm. it's always a joyful day. Uh, but one of the kids was asking, you know, well, what happened? Did, like, did Mary die or did she just go to sleep? And how was she assumed? And I said, you know, I don't know the answer to this. But last year I did a really uh, fantastic interview with Father Jeffrey Kirby on the on Roadmap to Heaven. Let's go listen to the podcast. And so we went to the, the Roadmap to Heaven podcast, and we listened to everything Father Kirby had to say about Mary's Dormition and the Assumption. And the kids were like, oh, that makes sense. Now, if you want to teach your kids about the lives of the saints, let me just tell you that if you go to ourcatholicradio.org, we've got Tom Shrewsbury's in-depth mm. The Lives of the Saints. And it's especially like we're, we're going on a road trip next week, and I'm already making my playlist for the car because it's going to be, again, another opportunity for a catechesis. Uh, what, what podcasts of the lives of the saints 
from Covenant Network are we going to listen to? If nothing else, Mike Roberts saying of the day that you get here on the morning show and throughout the day, it's another great little opportunity to catechize your children but you and yourself. So use each and every one of these, uh, these resources that are out there. And if you want to find more of ours, just go to ourcatholicradio.org. You can find out the schedule of the day where we have the call-in shows, where you can ask your questions about the faith. You can find our podcasts. You can find so much more. We're going to take another break here on this Friday morning to keep the energy going. We've got Matthew West in Something to Say. The Holy Face. O blessed face of my kind Savior, by the tender love and piercing sorrow of Our Lady, as she beheld you in your cruel passion, grant us to share in this intense sorrow and love, so as to fulfill the holy will of God to the utmost of our ability. Amen. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R catholicradio.org. All right, we have a we have a fun catechism question today. It's what is the name of the catechism? That Corey, Corey was trying to figure My out the name. I'm going to give you a clue husband. though. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a clue. It's named after one of the ecumenical consuls or one of the consuls of the church. Uh, you might say it's the Tridentine consul, um, but that's not the actual name of the consul. Tridentine is perhaps the adjective you would use to describe it. Now we already got a correct answer from none other than Todd Grizzle who right. texted in. Yeah, and then he's still uh, at home. He probably texted out next <laughs> Michelle also texted in before we even asked the question the answer. And and Corey, that is the catechism from the Council, Council of, of Trent. There you have it. So that's that's another great resource out there for you to use. I love I love that all three of our spouses are listening yeah. this morning and texting us real time feedback oh, yeah. on the show, plus some others. It's it's great. They should just come do the show. That's right. <laughs> now I want I want to take this to the next next level here, though, because we've been talking about um, how we learn, right? And uh, some great books on our reading list. Maybe we'll come to that in our last segment, share some of what's on our reading list. But um, as we said earlier, this is not just an academic exercise. The whole point of growing in knowledge in our faith is to grow deeper in relationship with our Lord. And I'll tell you, one of the ways this happens for me, and it often happens when I'm reading uh, Peter Kreeft, Frank Sheed, um, Benedict XVI, or Fulton Sheen. And uh, I'll come to a passage, I'll be reading something, and then I'll end up going back over it, and then back over it, and then finally I'll just set it down, and wherever, if I'm at home, if I'm in the office, I'm a, if I'm in the chapel, I'm just going to stop. And I'm just going to keep pondering that, and pondering that, and usually that leads into this prayer. Well, like, Lord... What is it you're trying to teach me through this? How do I understand this better? How do I and, – and, and in that, it just starts leading deeper and deeper and deeper into prayer. It's like they say, don't don't pull on the thread. Uh, if you pull on the thread, everything's going to start coming at you. And um, I love pulling on those threads. Corey, what about you? Uh, sorry, tell me the question. Well, the question is, question. how do you, how do you take it from <laughs> from great day. coffee? <laughs> All right, Corey, get another cup of coffee here. And uh, we're, the the question is, how do you take it from just not just an academic exercise, but how does this help you then pray? 
You know, because right. it's one thing to read all these things or, or to listen to things or to watch things or to have conversations or to go to classes. But if it's not helping us to pray, what's the point? Yeah, and, and it's helping me to pray because I, I can really concentrate at other times. So when I'm in Mass, then I am, I am just... I mean, I don't have the little kids crawling on me anymore, so I can actually pay attention—not pay attention, but actually just, just um, meditate sometimes on on things when I'm sitting in mass or sitting uh, in the Adoration Chapel. Um, but taking those things that I read, and I'm the same way. Like I will read the paragraph, and something in me will move me, and I just reread it, and I sit there with it and go, oh, "That's something I need to do in my life better. I need to." Be kinder. I need to um, meditate more on Our Lady. I need to have a better relationship with Our Lady because that uh, that that's just something I'm. I mean, I've always had a relationship, but now you know how you just want to go deeper and you just want to be. So, so those are the kind of things when I read those or listen, especially listen. Um, you mentioned being in the car, and when I had little kids and they were not in the car, it was lovely, <laughs> and I was driving all the time. And so, if I were driving with the kids, it was. Veggie Tales or um, Holy Heroes, but when I'm by myself, then that's when I would listen to um, all of the podcasts and all of the the radio shows um, to be able to fill myself and then just be able to take that and remember those things that were in my head throughout my daily life. Um, yeah, and I was thinking about this the other day, and I, Adam, you made a very good point before that knowing about God and having the intimate relationship with our Lord is not the same thing. But I have found that if I think back to when I was much younger and I didn't know that much about God, prayer kind of felt like texting some girl my friends had told me was cute and was like, oh, you'll like her. You should start to get to know her and be like, okay, yeah, whatever. And I'd get the responses back and it's like, okay, this is something but I don't know what it is. Whereas the deeper, the more I know about God, the more my prayer life is like texting my wife. You know, I mean, one asks me to pick up bread from the store. One says, pray, give us this day our daily bread. So it's a little different, but yes, I enjoyed that <laughs> joke. I don't care. That one was for me. And, uh, but I found that, yeah, the more I actually know about God, the more when I'm in a situation of prayer, I sit there and go, oh, wait, this more, childish or young understanding that I had of God is not what God is. And so I need to learn how to respond to who God is. And so, yeah, the more I know about God, I find that. And I, I think there are certain situations, like in the case of, say, certain suffering, where if I don't have at least a mild understanding of the cross, then I don't understand my experience, the Lord's experience, the Lord relating to my experience, and all those different aspects that go with it. So it makes my prayer more clear. Yeah, yeah. That, that's um, so true when you look at the simplicity of our faith, when you say, why are we here? To know God and to love God and to serve God. And it, those are not three things that are separate from each other. They, they blend into each other. So when you know God more and you understand and you learn and you read not only the scriptures, but the commentaries and the catechism and, and you listen to good homilies and things like that, then you love him more because you just understand how these things happen. And when you love him more, you want to serve him. You don't want to serve anyone you don't know. Yeah. You want to serve someone you love 
and do it with, with happiness and joy. I think that coffee just kicked in for right? Corey. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, I also think we're going to award you strangest parable ever used on Roadmap to Heaven. If but I actually, I really like that analogy. You know, it. at first, prayer was like uh, flirting with girls when I was in high school. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm completely awkward in oh, what yeah. I'm going to say. I think my words have way more meaning and power oh, yeah. than they actually do. And I have no idea how to interpret any response I may or may not be given. And then, you know, thinking now that as I've matured, it is much like my marriage. And, and some of the sometimes Beth and I have long conversations. Um, we're asking the high school question, where is our oldest going to go to high school next year? Those are very long, involved conversations. Sometimes it's just, I want to be with you. You know, um, Beth worked the last two days in a row. So I maybe saw her for about 10 minutes in the morning before she left for work and 10 minutes at night before we went to bed, uh, the way the schedule was. And, that, you know, life as a nurse spouse. Oh, yeah. um, and when she got home from work last night, I just wanted to be next to her. I didn't want to. It wasn't necessarily I had a big conversation we had to have. We didn't really talk at all. I just wanted to be near her. And sometimes it's like that in prayer. Sometimes we're going to have a very long, developed, thorough conversation with God, and usually either through uh, trusted spiritual advisors or if you have a spiritual director, you might get that long, involved answer back. And other times we just want to be with him. I'm going to leave you with this thought before we go to this final break here. Um, one of my favorite writings of St. John Paul II is his document. It's his apostolic letter, Salvifici Dolores, on the Christian meaning of human suffering. If you haven't read it, it's a great one. You can read the whole thing online. It's on the Vatican's website. Just search John Paul II, Salvifici Dolores. But um, when I first was being catechized on this document, I remember the priest that was teaching about it. He stopped at the, the title of Section 4, Jesus Christ, Suffering Conquered by Love. Now, you know why I, I, I'm not shy about saying don't waste your suffering. And I always encourage you every, every week here on the show, if you're gonna, whether it's going to the dentist like I did earlier this week or some other form of suffering that you knew was coming or maybe you didn't know it was coming, don't waste it. Use, as an, as, use it as an opportunity to, sanctif to be sanctified, but to also offer that perhaps for the, a poor soul in purgatory who could benefit from your suffering. Apply that suffering that doesn't always make it easy to go through the suffering. And this priest said, listen, you're suffering. You want to find comfort in the cross. Just grab your rosary and on every bead, say those words, Jesus Christ, suffering conquered by love. Jesus Christ, suffering conquered by love. Jesus Christ, suffering conquered by love. And I don't know how many times either that or like I said, something else I've been reading, it might be sacred scripture, it might be the catechism, it might be a devotional, it might be St. Louis de Montfort reminding me that when I die, I'm going to become the food of worms. Um, but when you get to those things, maybe just spend some time with a simple phrase and say, Lord, help me to understand this phrase. You know, God leads, we follow. And by the way, on this break, our next song is Jamie Grace with You Lead. And after that, we'll have the weather and the daily dose. And then Tim Corey and I will be back to wrap up the show. Prayer to the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit and they shall be created and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the apostles by the light of the Holy Spirit, 
grant us in this same spirit to be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through Christ our Lord. Amen. Today is the final day of our week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, looking at the question of evil. And that question I think we've all asked ourselves at one point or another, God, why do you permit this? And yesterday, Patty, you reminded us of the importance of hope. How are we going to wrap up the week today? Well, the final reflection for this week, and I know it's been a serious week talking about evil, but the final reflection is about perseverance in the face of evil. And for this, I am so grateful for the treasury of the saints and their witness The first person who came to my mind was St. Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa. She was surrounded by the injustice of human suffering and poverty. It had to be overwhelming. It just had to be. There was no way that she could change the reality of so many people dying in the streets. And then we know from her own writings that she experienced darkness and silence in her own prayer life. How easy... It would have been for her to despair, to just just stop. But what did she do? She kept going. She kept to her routine of prayer and work day in and day out. Even if she felt nothing, even if she didn't think she was making a dent in the massive problem of world hunger, even if she didn't think she was going to be able to solve anything at all. And that's what I vowed to do in my crisis of faith when I felt despair and darkness, hopeless and angry, when I was looking at this evil, massive problem of, let's say, abortion or sex trafficking in the world, no matter what, I said to myself, I'm still going to go to Mass, I'm going to pray the Rosary, I'm going to say the Chaplet, and I'm going to pray the Stations of the Cross. No matter what, I'm going to seek the answers to my question by reading books about evil itself. And what I noticed when I started doing that, my prayer changed. I found myself praying chaplets and rosaries for the conversion of sex traffickers and the rescue of children. I found myself wanting to support organizations to help against this evil. Guilt, despair, and anger were where I started, but they were useless. They were useless. They were my emotional response to evil. Faith, hope, and love were the answer. And so in the face of evil... Let us all today persevere in faith that we believe with all our being that God is at work through his people and that we can make a difference. Persevere in love by praying and sacrificing for the conversion of souls and the healing of all victims of evil. And let us never forget to do that. So persevere even in the face of evil. Patty, what a beautiful way to end our week together here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. And for more of the Daily Dose of Encouragement, you can visit past episodes by visiting ourcatholicradio.org. We are in the final two minutes here on our First Friday Roadmap Roundup, and I love adding things to my reading list, even though with five kids, I don't always get to read as much as I would like to. So really quick, uh, we're talking about formation today. Corey Grizzle, what's on your spiritual reading list right now? Right now, I'm reading The Hidden Power of Kindness by uh, uh, Lawrence Lovasek, I'm going to say that wrong every time, Lovasek, 
Um, and I, I know it's old. I don't know when it was it was written, but it it's it's a good one. All right, um, T- Tim Lucchese, what's on yours? Oh, I am dying to read Scott Hahn's book, The Creed. I know that's like a decade old or something, but boy, I can't wait to get to it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's Scott Hahn's works are timeless. Right now, I've got two that I'm taking on the trip with me next week: A Godly Humanism and The Difference God Makes Both by Francis, the late Francis Cardinal George, Archbishop Emeritus of Chicago. May he rest in peace. Uh, speaking of next week, I am going to be gone next week, Monday is a Labor Day holiday, but we do have some Roadmap to Heaven shows prepared for you. A look back at some of our favorite segments over the past couple years, some things that I still find edifying, so please do tune in for that. I would also remind you that not only is it a holiday weekend, but as we said at the top of the show, it is first Friday and first Saturday. So if you can today, if you haven't already, get to Mass, receive our Lord and Holy Communion, pray in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart. Um, This Midday, if you're in the St. Louis metro area, the Old Cathedral has First Friday celebration. Adoration and confessions beginning at 11.30, benediction at noon, and celebration of Holy Mass at 12.10 p.m. That's the Old Cathedral under the arch. Uh, Great place to go pray, if I do say so myself. And then tomorrow, First Saturday devotion, go to Mass, receive our Lord and Holy Communion, meditate for 15 minutes on the mysteries of the Rosy, and pray the rosary. Those are two separate things, the meditation and the praying. And of course, make a good confession. And do not, friends don't let friends commit mortal sins, so do not receive Holy Communion if you're not in a state of grace. Go to confession first. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I will be back live with you a week from Monday, but like I said, next week, tune in for some special encore presentations of Roadmap to Heaven. In the meantime, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. I'm Corey Grizzle. I'm Tim Lucchese. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning, and do not forget to pray your rosary today.